Canyon. This is episode 309. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Star Trek Picard's first season episodes, The End is the Beginning and Absolute Candor. The End is the Beginning, Season 1, Episode 3, original release date, February 6th, 2020, directed by uh, Handel M. Culpepper, written by Michael Chabon and James Duff. Guest cast include Jonathan Del Arco as Hugh, Peyton List as Nerissa, Jamie McShane as Jabon, Tamlin Tamita as O, Rebecca Wasaki as Rada, Orla Brady as Laris, Sumali Montano as Soji's mother, and Graham Sheols as Tal Shiar Operative. When Picard resigned following the attack on Mars, Starfleet fired Raffi. Now she resents him for that, and not for helping her in her subsequent years, and refuses to join him. However, she does find him a freelance pilot named Rios. Meanwhile, on the artifact, the Reclamation's project director, the former Borg drone, Hugh, allows Soji to interview a Romulan that has been reclaimed from the Borg. I need your help. I need a ship on the pilot. I have to save her. I'm sure she has no idea what she truly is. I have a pilot for you. Where are we going, Admiral? Rafi says you have no idea. I'm working on it. I try to belong here. I know you. You always had one eye on the stars. Time to go. The end is the beginning. Adam, start us at the beginning of the end is the beginning. So yeah, we kind of st- we start this episode off, like what I said in the synopsis, we kind of find out a little more history about Rafi and Picard, you know, that they work together. And we get the scene, you know, directly after Picard, you know, throws up his ultimatum. If they don't do his plan, he resigns. Um, and then, you know, we kind of get where this resentment that Rafi has for him from the previous episode. I think it's a good scene, but I think what we've discussed, you know, in our in our previous podcast is... I guess it lacks depth. It, it lacks, uh, to me, it kind of lacks, you know, the context of all that. You know, we get these little f- flashbacks of kind of what happened. To me, this, it's a theme here in, in both of these episodes that, you know, we see, you know, early on in this episode that we see Picard and he seems to be doing all right. But, you know, there's obviously these traumatic things that he's um, brought upon people. And, you know, I don't think we, I don't, to me, I don't think we get the weight. I like the story, but we don't get the weight. And so, and then, you know, we go out through, we go on through the story. Rios, the new ship. I like the new ship. I like the character Rios. The, um, I like that he, you know, the different hologram characters. The ship is cool The that they're on. Um, we, we get on our way there. But a lot of this episode kind of feels like filler. It feels like more happens in the next episode. Um, so those are kind of my first thoughts on this episode. Well, it goes without saying, but of course, yes, like that flashback scene, that scene is in that book that I talked so much about last time, as is the scene right before that when he's actually up there in the office and resigns and makes the threat and then resigns and all that. Again, watching it now with all that kind of, with the context I got from the novel, the scene, you know, all makes sense. But I do remember not feeling that way the first time. So, I mean, honestly, many of the same comments that I made on our last podcast would still hold true. But it's ever so slightly less so, just because now we've physically spent more time with these new characters. You're going to get to know them more, obviously, by the time the season is over. So with each subsequent episode, it's slightly less uh, annoying. It's slightly less harmful and slightly less um, bad, the lack of context. But 
again, the fact that I read the book helped me a lot here. Listeners, sorry, I'm still just barely got a teeny bit of my cold left, so hopefully I don't sound too unlike my usual self, but uh, certainly better than the last time. <laughs> so that's what that's all about. Anyway, uh, Steve, your your first thoughts here on the end of the beginning. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with everything that's been said. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. We, I think I think what's so tough is to is to tell a story that makes you really feel something for the characters. And I know we're only three episodes into the first season, but yes, it's um you're you're introducing characters and you're using flashbacks to kind of give us context, which it's it's interesting and. I, but I, but I do I find it's so hard to make an emotional attachment with characters that you learn everything about in like in a, in such a uh, compressed fashion, you know, through flashbacks, and that's the only thing we have to go on, you know. And so, I mean, yeah, I think I think we have interesting characters. We have great acting, you know, and that kind of stuff. It's it's a fairly compelling story, although it continues to be where there's just a lot of material. It's it's just dense, and you find yourself kind of just. Oh yes, this detail. Oh yeah, that detail. Oh, I see they're connecting this and that and so forth. It's it's just like one too many all the time, you know. I think one of the high points I do like I do like Rios and that introduction and the holograms on the ship. I think that was kind of fun the way they did that. I I, I like that part. But it's it does take a lot of episodes in this season to kind of get to the main point. You know, we're still in just putting everybody together, getting them on the ship and so on. And, you know, we're going to find ourselves nearly halfway through the season before we're in a position to really get to the point, kind of. Yeah, it's like we're we're doing a lot of talking about this girl and, you know, what's going on. But the action to get to that point is um, it's slow moving. One of the things this episode made me think about was how one of the ways in which this show is so different from the next generation and very modern, but very different from next gen is the way that pretty much everybody is broken. Like every single character is broken. Obviously Picard is super broken. Rafi, we really see it in this episode. She talks about the last 14 years and just how her steady, crazy, you know, decline. She's an alcoholic. She's broken. Rios, we get just a little bit of hints. I don't remember if it's this episode or the other one where he talks about the last time he's his captain bloodied or whatever. I mean, he's got issues. He's broken. Gerardi, I don't know if we find out yet, but we find out later yeah. about, you know, how she's broken. You know, everybody's just broken. This is not something you would say about any of the main characters when you start watching The Next Generation. Ever. I mean, that's not, it's not, it's completely entirely different. Were they making shows like that in the 80s? I mean, I think so, but definitely not Star Trek. That's not what Star Trek ever was. Only these modern Star Trek shows have even tried that. Discovery has done it a little bit, but this show, Picard, I don't know if there's another Star Trek show that's like this. Everybody is broken. I mean, everybody is broken. That's a great point. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, I think that's kind of a problem. I'm not sure how you, how you make anything that feels at all optimistic in any way shape or form when it when it when that's the reality i mean that's that's hard to do i mean at least if you're gonna have everyone broken let's like realize their brokenness later you know like oh they're not broken oh yeah they are later after someone else is fixed something but i think that it, that that's really hard to make it not kind of uh, a downer you know when you're watching i was gonna ask you brian does it um in the book that you read does it go into more like what picard went through his emotional toll during that 14 years or is it just that instant. No, it's it isn't the fourteen years. Okay, it's just that instant. It, it, the climax of the novel is him resigning. Okay, pretty much. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and I'm, I hate to beat a dead horse, but I think that's the context that, at least from my point of view, that I'm missing is, um, you know, the last time, obviously, the last time we saw Picard, you know, he was, you know, humming along through the Enterprise in, you know, the last movie they did. And then, you know, then we get him here and in the first episode and he's on his, you know, he's on his vineyard and he seems other than the weird dreams, which I think all of us can relate to that. He might be having still grief problems with data. So, but I don't think we kind of get the, the emotional toll that um, Picard went through. Well, certainly by here, by this episode we do. Right. Yeah. Especially because, you know, there's, you know, we see two, at least three instances in these next two episodes, you know, obviously with Rafi, how he let her down. And in the next episode, we'll, we'll talk about the, the other people that he let down. So from my point of view, that's very unpicard like that's not the character that I remember. Or I know. And I don't, I don't have a problem with them making the choice for him to be this way at this point in time. It's just, I want to know how he got there. And I, and that's what I feel like it's, it's missing from the show. Well, yeah, I say like this episode we really see. No, you're right. A lot of it is the next one too. When we see, when he, you know, the way he let Vashti down and and did, I mean, it's when she's talking to him. Like I've spent these last fourteen. When Ravi's talking to him, you know, these fourteen years going down, and you know, you read the novel and you really see that their relationship. But even without reading that, you know, she gave up a lot to be with him and. Mm-hmm go on this mission with him and then this scene when he when he resigns and he comes down there and tells her and he just you know just dumps her and he hasn't visited her in 14 years they're not friends or he's just a really bad guy and this episode makes it look like oh this is the latter Mm -hmm. and i agree that doesn't seem like the picard that we know the fact that he just gave up gave up all those people those people on you know even elnor this boy that meant you know it doesn't seem like the Picard we know. Like the Picard we know when, yes, it sounds like an entirely impossible task to try and relocate these refugees from Romulus without the help of Starfleet. If there's one person we've ever seen in the Star Trek universe that would have tried it, it would have been the Picard that we knew back then. Right. You know? So, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's not like they, they can't mess with the character. They can. That's what they're, they're trying to get their drama. But it never feels like... I, I never hear anything that satisfies me on like, okay, I see where he went from there to here. Yeah, exactly. That's He seemed like such a, you know, a great man and that he would give up maybe, but that he would abandon people that I, I just, I have right. a hard time. I, I agree, but I do think it's one of the, it's one thing that I can kind of buy out of this is that, is that a person that is like this kind of, I don't know, so much of themselves is, is, is invested in this institution of Starfleet. And they, that's the, you know, he identifies with that. He's, he's got his professional career is almost everything. And he's never been like, he has trouble with his emotions. He has trouble connecting with people on kind of a, you know, just on an equal level. We see that we've seen bits of that throughout his history, but you know, he's, I don't know, historically not the best with children. His romances haven't always been, you know, so slick with that. I can kind of buy the notion that he just kind of like checks out at some point and then barely does anything with anybody. And I thought, and I would say that that's one of the, th- one of the things I thought was something very interesting about this episode that I, that I felt something for was this notion of, you know, you can just at some point just kind of like without really trying to be a bad guy, just kind of check out. And all of a sudden you realize time has passed and you haven't touched base with so-and-so or so-and-so and and time has passed and all this kind of thing. And I think that says a lot. I I would say that, 
the, the issue a lot with the series is just not enough time to build these things in and you kind of just have to learn about them and then a rewatch helps you, you know, sink in somewhat. But, um, and, and of course, with Patrick Stewart being such a great actor, that brings a lot of weight to these scenes where he's dealing with the, dealing with the weight of, of um, you know, he, he feels guilt. He feels a ton of guilt. That's what a lot of this is about. But I can kind of see how he would get to that point, especially after 14 years of such disappointment and so forth. We haven't really talked about anybody else. Uh, this episode has plenty of uh, Soji Sojourns, Hugh Hugh, we yeah. see Hugh. Wow, look at that. That's cool. You know, uh, we see Hugh in this episode, and you know, Seven comes back in the next episode, and we all heard about that. Well, I guess it was because of the trailer, right? At least we heard about it. I didn't hear about it until I saw the trailer. I think, right? There yeah, you go. That's right. Hugh, I think I just read about before. I don't. I yeah, don't remember. I, maybe yeah. I did read about that. They don't call him Hugh. I think I would have known it was Hugh if I didn't already know it was Hugh. I mean, he certainly That's sounds like you. Yeah, but he doesn't look much like him, and they and they don't say Hugh. Of course, it's it's cool, and it makes sense. These the what do they call them? XVs, X Borg, or something. It makes sense that he would be involved. Seven will eventually know them or something. So that stuff is all. It's cool on paper. I'm not sure how. I mean, you know, I'm still not super invested into Soji or what's his name, Narek. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I find myself um, kind of. Like uh, when I see it Tripting. flashing, like and meanwhile on the relic or the you know what do they call it? Yeah, this is the episode where yeah, this this is the episode where she interviews Ramda, one of the mm-hmm. Romulans, one of the last Romulans to be assimilated by this ship specifically. They say the, the implication is that at this point somehow the Borg are entirely defeated. I don't I don't just mean this ship. I mean all the Borg. I uh, kind of got that feel. I guess yeah. it's not explicit, explicitly stated, but yeah. But at any rate, it's not stated that Ramda was the la- one of the last people to be assimilated, just one of the last to be assimilated by this specific ship, this specific board cube. So this is the episode where she's interviewing, Soji is interviewing her, and at this, the kind of intercut between that and Picard and friends interrogating the one Romulan they left alive after the Romulans attacked them. And it culminates with this notion of calling Soji the destroyer, which is fine. I don't know if you guys have any comments about any of those bits. Well, watching this the second time around, I I do like this storyline they got. It's a interesting storyline. So, okay, here we have this, this, this sect of the Romulans that, you know, despises synthetic life. So, you know, that's their their total mission is to get rid of synthetic life wherever they wherever it is however whenever so i mean you know you can you can it's a genocide almost and they um then you know we've come to find out that you know they use these synthetics and they cause the disaster on mars and that causes um starfleet to kind of you know you know, come in, you know, contract. It's not this, you know, this is why Picard resigns because it's not this, you know, open, you know, total liberal, you know, utopia of a society. So in a way, I, I like this idea that, you know, human frailty even exists in, in this, in this fantasy, in this, in this storyline, you know, Picard even says it. he didn't think Starfleet would abandon these people. Everybody on the, half the people on the council wanted to let the Romulans die. The other half were apprehensive. So I like this whole, 
intricate storyline. It's better the second time around because it's kind of hard to follow. It's kind of hard to catch it all the first time through because it's like, okay, who is this girl? Is you know what's going on with this Narek guy? That's a good point. That I always felt lost for all the Soji scenes mm-hmm. on the cube mm-hmm. ship. I think, feel like I was lost every single time before, and I, and at least I don't feel that this time. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, I mean. To, to me, the context of the story in, in, a, in a grander vision is like they're trying, they're making a comment on on our human society, you know, where where terrible things happen. You know, you can use 9-11 as, a, as an example. 9-11 happens. What does the United States do? It contracts. It, it goes within. So I, I like that idea that Starfleet is vulnerable to that, too. And and the underlying plot was is to commit genocide against synthetic life. So that's a, that's a very... That's a very complicated and, and, and cool science fiction storyline. Um, but I think what we'll, we'll argue throughout the rest of the series is how well did it, does it come out come about? And so that's kind of what I, but I, I'm going with you two. I kind of, when they go to those scenes, I'm kind of a little bit bored. <laughs> not Maybe bored's not the right word, but I'm not as interested. Let's put it that way as with the Picard stuff. Some of it's kind of the the best use of your time, I feel like, in this series, especially. You know, like they you, you find yourself wishing you got a little more background, a little more scenes with, so-and-so and so-and-so together so you can feel something about that or whatever. But then at the same time, you have scenes that you feel like are a waste. Um, they just feel like um, this is absolutely unnecessary and it's not entertaining either or something, you know? And so it's kind of like some of us, I think, is just where to focus, which characters to focus on, what scenes to focus on is some of the problems. Side comment. It's interesting that the Federation bans synths, but apparently they don't consider holograms synthetic life. Right, where you draw the line. True, true. What is this episode about? Oh, I just have to say, um, it was, of course, nice to hear the the Jerry Goldsmith motion picture slash uh, next gen fanfare when Picard says "engage." That was mm-hmm. that. Cool. But good when you hear that. All right, what is this episode about? Well, I think we were kind of talking. Um, Steve kind of hit on this a, a few moments ago. Even inaction has consequences. Actions have consequences. Inaction can have even even more dire consequences. And so I was thinking about that with, when Steve was talking and, you know, all these in, it wasn't that, you know, Picard gave up, you know, I'm disappointed in the character because I don't know more why he gave up. We just kind of get little snippets. I think you agree with me, Brian, but that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm taking from it. Yeah, I agree. It's um, we get a piece of that. We get a little more of that theme in the next one as well. And uh, I think it's, I think you also have uh on the other side, some of these notions of, um, I don't know, like, like the whole, the whole line they're doing with the Romulans and their, um, cultural issues with the, in a sense, the Romulans, the extreme Romulans in this series are acting as something like a, a proxy to the human race in terms of how, I don't know, xenophobic and racist one can be, right? They couldn't make the start, make Starfleet go so far as to go out and hunt down all the synths, but you have a, a Romulan group that's doing so with the humans just letting it happen sort of, or, you know, whatever. Um, so I think that, that some, some of these themes I think are kind of underlying several episodes in a row. In a row. I, don't, I don't think we're having singular episodes holding one idea very cohesively but i do think what we talked about earlier are some of the some of the main points in this one all right let's do six degrees for the end is the beginning adam jonathan delarco reprises his role as hugh for the first time since the opening episode of next gen's seventh season name that episode <laughs> it was a part two oh man it was the part two to the last episode of the sixth season 
know the episode. I, I can't remember the name of the. I don't remember the name of the episode. Steve. Descent. Yes, sir. It was Descent Part Two. Steve has one. Moving on. Absolute Candor, Season 1, Episode 4, original release date, February 13th, 2020, directed by Jonathan Frakes, written by Michael Chabon. Guest cast include Peyton List as Narissa, Amira Vaughn as Zani, Rebecca Wasaki as Rada, Ian Nunny as Young Elnor, and Evan Park as Tingam Adrev. Picard asked Rios to make a detour to the planet Fatashi where he helped relocate Romulan refugees before the attack on Mars. Picard had befriended a young boy named Elnor and promised to return for him, but abandoned the boy after he, after he resigned from Starfleet. Elnor was then raised by the Kuat Milat, warrior nuns who have sworn an oath of absolute candor. Will you come with me? Will you bind your sword to my quest? The idea of going there isn't just a bad idea, it's bizarre. No one asked for your pity, Picard, just as no one asked for your help. One impossible thing at a time. Where did that come from? Steve, I would like for you to kick us off on absolute candor. I was being absolutely... (laughs) (laughs) It's it's difficult to go like like even a minute with being that way if you're around anyone else. Um, I've, I've tried. No, but um, I think I think there's a lot of interesting things here. So I mean, one thing it suffers from is it feels like you don't have that many episodes. Why are we taking a complete tangent except to introduce another character, you know, into the story? But I do think it's an we we see an interesting segment of Romulan society. We have an interesting relationship, and I think in this case. For me, at least, it's just enough flashback to feel right in setting up the character and the relationship, you know, and it's, and this is one of the few that's, I mean, yes, we have all the, you know, side trips to the artifact, the board cube and all this kind of thing, but otherwise it's, it's a little more bottle episode than a lot of these others are in terms of he's going down there, he's doing something with this group of people, he's, it's talking about one thing. So I, I like that aspect of it. I, I think, um, I, th- I think the notion of this 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 uh, group of Romulans with their uh, way of living, I think it's a very interesting thing, and I think it's it's also interesting in conjunction with the guilt that Picard's feeling going into this, and what we and we're and we're getting a kind of part two of Picard's regrets, Picard's guilt, what happened, all these kinds of things, who did he let down, and so forth. So it's it's really in your face that way, but. I, I don't know, I guess in an episode titled Absolute Candor with this type of theme going on, I, I do like the honesty of it. I like how it's very upfront and let's let's just talk about what you did right, what you did wrong, and how are we moving forward and how what does that affect the relationship going forward. So I don't think it's fantastic, but I, I do like this compared to some of the other things we've seen so far. It's funny, I specifically remember later episodes where I seem to not like Elnor or maybe in maybe it's season two. But I like him here, you know? I like him here. It's the first time we ever hear, I'm pretty sure, right? Because this was before that Discovery episode, right? right? This is the first time we ever hear the, please, my friend, choose to live. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, um, I don't know, there's a warrior's uh, arrogance that's funny there, you know, um, and fun. So I kind of like him. And maybe I don't, maybe I like him here because he's in his element or something. I don't know. 
but I, I do like him here in a way that maybe I, I recall not liking him as much later. But it, it is nice to go to Vashti, and Vashti, again, then referencing the novel, but Vashti was a very significant thing in the novel. There has been a lot of time there. Uh, Adam, your first thoughts here. Pretty much in agreement. Um, you know, whereas in the last episode that we that we discussed, um, you know, we we got Rafi's monologue on on her last fourteen years, and it was a great performance. It, you know, she she did a great job with that with that scene. You know, giving us the emotional weight of um, what it, what she had gone through the last fourteen years. In this episode, we get to see what the repercussions of inaction are. You know, the, Picard is surprised that you know this this planet and this system is kind of ruled by warlords and gangsters. Um, you know, they get to this planet it's covered in this, this shield, you know, basically this death shield that'll, you know, destroy your ship or you try to fly through it. There's a gangster and, um, you know, and an old Romulan bird of prey from the original series. So that, that's cool to see. So we, you know, and once he gets down to the planet, we can see, you know, the way the sets are set up, you know, you can see this, these people are struggling. It's kind of in a, a third world, type situation and a lot of this is on Picard for for giving up you know the the scenes with the the senator that um eventually got <laughs> had his head taken you know it, it talks about it so you feel that emotional weight you know like i you know we were being freed we were being saved you were you said you were going to be there for us um and then you gave up um so that was a good line so whereas in the the first episode we just kind of get to hear about the re, you know the repercussions here we get to see it so i think it's a it's it's i've still still have my issues with how we got here but i, I like what they were doing in this episode you know it's kind of puts us right at the bottom of like picard's failure you know this is this is the bottom for him that i think that we've ever seen him in in, in any in any situation you know this is this the situation is partly his responsibility and I did have the thought watching this one, like the senator, ex senator guy. It's like, oh, you said you're gonna. Well, yeah, I mean, you you are alive, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. right, right. You, you weren't destroyed by the the shockwave from the <laughs> star going supernova, like so many others. So you know, Picard did do something. <laughs> now, you know, he yes, he he didn't stick around and and help them as he should and promised he would and stuff, but not for nothing. Um, he was alive until he lost his head about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of about managing expectations, right? You know, maybe, maybe, maybe if Picard had gone down, it's like, you know what, we're gonna do the best we can and just let him left it at that yeah, and move yeah, on, yeah. you know, it's, he overpromised for sure. Right. Right. I do like the Koat Malat. I think they're cool. The, the warrior mm-hmm. nuns are cool. We only get like half of it once we're just living with Elnor, but uh, I don't remember the character's name, but um, the the woman who also was super featured in the the, head nun. the novel. In fact, in the novel, you almost thought maybe Picard and her, maybe something, something, something. you know, romantic or something between them, maybe. Be kind of interesting pressure, you know, on a, on a guy. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I like her character. I like that actress's performance. I, I think that the Kowat Malad are interesting, and, and it was cool to see them a little bit here. You do get the sense that they were some of the only ones, the only Romulans that, because they were so different, enemies of the Tel Shiar and absolute candor and, you know, listened to their emotions and communicated that way with Picard. Like, they were the only ones that he actually had a good relationship with even during the evacuation 
and it's nice that when he shows up here, you know, she's still cool with him and not just like, where you been, jerk? Get off my lawn. Yeah. And she's kind of the only one that isn't that way. One thing I was confused about, I don't really understand why Picard, there's the racist bar, restaurant, whatever it is, right? He takes the sign, he knocks it down, he literally steps on it, and he walks in and just says, hello, in a friendly voice, and sits down at the table. Now, isn't he purposely, it sure seems like he's purposely antagonizing them. Uh, I mean, I know he doesn't respect racism, but... I don't understand why he did this, I guess, is what I don't Yeah, know. I couldn't decide if he's trying to entice Elnor to join him. But he doesn't even know no, that Elnor is present, does he? Yeah, he, 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 does, he doesn't. He doesn't. I don't know. Maybe he suspects it. Well, what is it? Whether they said he had he had to wait seven minutes to be beamed out of there. So for that seven minutes, he decides to go. Tina get a little gamble. Yeah. And, I, and half of me also thinks he's just getting so fed up with himself and so crotchety, he's just willing to just do it for the sake of doing it. And it's like, oh, no, Romulan's only, huh? And then just, you know. But if he feels guilt about forsaking these people, why would he do this? That's what gets me. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I get you. I, I, I don't. It was certainly his motivation was not clear. I, I'll give you that, that if there was like a shot of him, of Elnor secretly following him and then Picard kind of just sees him out of the corner of his eye and it doesn't it, it isn't obvious to Elnor that he Picard sees him then this scene would make a lot more sense to me but that isn't there we don't get any indication right, right. that Elnor is present this scene confused me just as much as the first scene in the episode in the first episode where he had that confrontation with the reporter it just kind of went nasty really quick that scene in that first episode never made sense I kind of felt the same way about this scene as well uh, I like Jurati. I think she's funny. Yep. And uh, this is the episode where I'm like, yep, I like her. She's like, am I technically part of the crew now? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's funny. And it's a fun, like, outsider's, you know, point of view. Um, I wasn't entirely sold on the her passionate plea to be taken along. I think that in the previous episode, I think that writing, maybe she could have had a better explanation for why she should be coming. And it didn't need to be as long as it was or something. But... Um, in this episode, I like the character, and I like the actress playing the character. I think she's she's pretty good. I'm a little confused about this rela- the relationship between Narek and his sister. I don't know if we've seen a lot of Romulan <laughs> familial relationships. For all I know, this is normal. No oh boy, maybe. but there's like a lot of like incestuous tension there. Um, the the, ch- the choking scene was just silly. Yeah, I don't I don't follow exactly. Huh. This is an example of something that just need doesn't we don't need another thing, right? You could have used this time for something else. I mean, I yeah. I get they're trying to do something interesting there, but it is just comes off as bizarre, and you, I don't really care about these people. So well, and also we've seen what three of these scenes, I think, and they get creepier each time. <laughs> yeah, but they don't. There's nothing new here. This exact same exact same thing as the other times we've seen them have a conversation. The only difference here is he does ask her. About you know what this history this of the Romulan ship that was assimilated by the Borg, this Borg cube, and but I mean she doesn't answer him, she doesn't tell him, so we don't get anything new out of this. It's the, it just seems like the same scene we've already seen. Well, and, and to that point, you know the the scenes with him and Sochi are just him trying to you know we. It's not. I mean, it might be more interesting if they revealed that he was trying to get something from her later that might have been a little bit more interesting surprise but we know what he's trying to do and they we keep having these repetitive scenes of him just trying to 
seducer or I think it would have been more interesting if they'd made it more like maybe he really is falling for her. True. Yeah. If there had been a little bit more subterfuge of that, but he just feels evil and it, maybe that's wasn't the intention on the page, but that's how he's playing it. That's how I feel every scene, whether he's with his sister or he's with Soji. Yeah, there's not, I agree with you, Steve. There's nothing new that we gain from the repetitive scenes that we have from these characters. You know, we get little, basically what we get is we get little tidbits of, um, we get crumbs of the mystery that, you know, is surrounding this whole place and what's going on with her. Yeah. Sometimes they, they feels like they just want to remind us like this is going on too, you know, and, and maybe they just need to time that differently in this, in the scope of that season or something in terms of when they started it up, because it's, some of these are just reminders and it's just the same thing over and over again. No, I mean, and so she's an interesting character. It's just, I mean, what, what are they doing with the, the time that they allotted for her? Was this the episode, or no, it was the previous one, where she has the conversation with her mother, and then she looks like she's going into some kind of yeah. hallucinogenic trance or something, and then just... The last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She gets knocked out. I did like the scene um, with Picard and Elnor, where where you know Elnor was like, why do you... Because he's like, I'm an old, frail... Basically, he's like, I'm an old, frail man. It was interesting to see this character, but John Luke Picard, say that out loud. Um, so I, I, I'd like, I like that scene just for the weight of going all the way back to 87 when I first saw this character, it's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's that kind of that journey. And it's, a, it was, I don't think it was like a, an amazing scene, but it just kind of hit me there. Like, Oh, I've been following this guy since the late eighties. And yeah. we've seen him do amazing things. And he's, he's here. He's like, I'm a frail, I'm old and weak basically. And I need, I need a youth. Yeah. It's that innate diplomat in him too, to be say the obvious you know, and the and the straightforward to someone who's only going to respect that, you know, too. So it's that was interesting. Complete candor. And then, of course, the episode ends with Seven of Nine. Not only do we see Seven of Nine return, it's clear that Picard knows her and must have a history with her and she with him. Now, I think I started getting into this a little bit in the last episode discussion, but I do remember watching the trailer for this show I think on my phone and not knowing that seven was a part of it and then seeing her in the trailer and really being gobsmacked and excited. And I don't want to forget how wonderful that was and how awesome it is that she is in this freaking show Yes, and how the people that make this show know something about Star Trek. Somebody in there knows something about Star Trek. Now it's probably um, Kristen Bayer, I think. But uh, I do wonder, I'll always wonder, what would it have been like if I hadn't known anything and I watched this episode and then all of a sudden she shows up at the end? <laughs> that would have been pretty amazing. Yeah. I'm, actually, it probably wouldn't have been that much more amazing than just seeing her in the trailer for the first time. Either way, I'm glad that I saw it you know, on screen the first time and not read about it in a Deadline article or something. I'm glad that they kept it so wonderfully secret. Yeah. But um, I wonder, like, what if they had kept it even more secret and we it didn't happen until i mean she's a series regular from now on so it's you know how do you not but pretty pretty amazing and wonderful that she is in this show because she's awesome she's pretty much a part of the cast in season two i would say yeah well she is from here on out pretty much yeah. right i don't i don't know yeah, if there's an episode right right yeah and i'm sure you guys are right there with me i mean if, if they said pick one person from voyager of course right she's who i would pick yeah, right after Harry Kim. Oh no, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, oh yeah, it was. I'm, I'm. Right, I'll, 
I want to know how shocked you were that it didn't work out between her and Chicote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> were you sad? Were, did, were uh-huh. you sad a little bit? You know, that depressed you for a night. Well, I mean, he got lost in. Yeah, are we in spoiler mode yet for that, or are we? <laughs> Well, on another show. What is it? Oh, another show. Yeah. So no, I was I was thrilled beyond words with Seven of Nine's appearance in the in that trailer. Yep, I remember that. It was incredible. That that was awesome. And and I think it's I think it's a great move too because if you don't want to add more characters from next gen to the series to beef it up or whatever their logic is you say like okay what's another really popular character from the era what could we bring her back is it relevant and borg etc you know i think it's a smart move i think it was I think and it's good. let's not forget we know what she was like the last time we saw her yeah she was more borg than well that's an exaggeration but you know what i mean she was like yep yep not emotional. She was still mm-hmm. kind of more kind of getting back to her humanity. Yes, kind of Vulcan-esque. Yeah. Here we immediately see her. Now, don't don't forget because you've seen all these episodes before, or even just the trailer, or whatever. Don't take that for granted. Yep. She is a different person now, and it makes sense, and it's cool. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think she sells it. I mean, I don't know that. Yeah, I, I seem to have read that she wasn't so confident in her acting ability going into this. Maybe not a great deal of experience between you know since then, whatever. But I mean, I mean, immediate, you know, immediately in the few seconds of this episode, it's yeah. like this is not the person we left off with over a decade ago. Or whatever. who she is makes sense. This history, all that stuff. And she's in the yeah, she's in the episode for like five seconds, and it's crazy. She gets, she brings it all, and you got it. And that's that's nice to not have to waste time on that. Mm-hmm. What is this episode about? And be completely honest with me in your assessment. <laughs> I think it had a lot of the same themes as the the first episode that we talked about. It's the consequences of your actions or inactions, a chance at redemption. You know, this is you know Picard. You know, going there and and, and you know taking Elnor on, and this is a, this is kind of the first to me, kind of the first step for redemption for Picard, you know, he kind of realized, you know, he sees the chaos that was brought about by some of his actions. And this is his first step to redemption. It's kind of the themes I took from it. Yeah. And I think what this one does better than episode three, it does focus more on that. And I like, I like his, what he says at some point in this episode about perfectionism being the enemy of the good or something like this. I I think that's at the crux of it because whether that perfectionism comes from just innate perfectionism or an ego or whatever that is, it's very easy to at some point say like, I can't be at the top of my game or I can't deliver hundred percent. So I'm checking out, you know, I'm, I'm not going to play this anymore when you still could have a lot to offer and still do a whole lot to further something. I think, I think that's at the crux of this episode. That's what I like about this, that, that message. So it seems like our opinion on these two episodes, we're, we're certainly not as harsh on them. And I'm just wondering, are they just better than the first two episodes? Or is it we're just past the pain of the, the expectations being unmet or something, you know? My opinion of them is stronger the second time around. Um, just because I just have the context of just watching the episode. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, a lot of the, um, the Borg stuff in these episodes was kind of convoluted and confusing. I kind of know what's going on, you know, so I know what's going on going in. So I can kind of sit back and enjoy kind of what they, what they were trying to do. And that's kind of what I've taken from it. I still have criticisms that we mentioned, you know, earlier in this podcast about the context of, you know, Picard and and how he got to where he's at. Um, I still have those criticisms, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, I think more this time around so far. 
I'm, I think I think it is better on second viewing for the variety of reasons we already discussed, but I do think episodes three and four are better than episodes one and two. Let's do Six Degrees for Absolute Candor. Steve, Jerry Ryan reprises her role as Seven of Nine. She was last seen in the final episode of Voyager. Name that one. Uh, Endgame? Yes, sir. Steve sweeps it for the day. Look at that. Marks it out of the park. So that's good. I'm very glad that we did not spend an hour bashing it the way I really felt like we did. In fact, our last episode, I cut some things, I cut some things out because I felt so bad when I was editing it. I'm like, God, we are just brutal. We are just ripping. Yeah, brutal. Especially coming off of um, Lower Decks where we were gushy and gosh over every single episode. Like, we love these guys. I have to go back and listen. Maybe you splice some stuff together. It'd be like this episode. (laughs) It's the best one ever, you know, or something. (laughs) (laughs) That I did not do, but I did did remove some of the the harsher comments. Yeah. But um, I won't have to do that today because uh, we've spent an hour, you know, saying fair criticisms, but we had some positive things to say too. Yeah. All right. So, um, we're almost halfway into season one. Look at that. Uh, no news, right? Nothing big I'm missing. Don't think so. No. All right. All right. So uh, we're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of Picard. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at trekcompanion. Thank you so much for spending an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.